This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello, you are listening to the Blue Monday podcast. This is a three times weekly audio show looking into the exciting happenings of Ipswich Town Football Club. My name is Benjamin Bloom and I'll be here each and every Friday for the Blue Monday preview show with a special guest to get their inside of you on the next opponent for Ipswich Town. Ladies and gentlemen, slightly later than normal, so apologies for that, but it's a long journey up to Hull, so you know, you've got plenty of time. Um, he is the editor of the Amber Nectar website and also features on the excellent podcast, which you can get on um, all good podcast apps and on Periscope as well, which is an interesting way of doing it. Um, Mr. Andy Dalton. Andy, how are you doing? Hi, good, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, I'm grand. So um, your five-month-year-old, sorry, five-month-old daughter might come and say hello at some point, are we thinking... <laughs> <laughs> she's been safely banished for the duration of this so it's all good banished <laughs> wonderful parenting um let's do the plugs and stuff first um where can our listeners uh find your work online because um, i assume you're going to be talking about the game afterwards so tell us a bit about the website and the podcast thanks yeah um the, the website well, was started as a paper fanzine like so many did um in the late 1990s and then the internet happened so you kind of roll with the flow, uh, go go with it on that on that score. So we've been we've been going nineteen years. We've got the podcast up and running. Um, to our considerable surprise, we've just been nominated for the Football Supporters Federation's pod, uh, Club Podcast of the Year. So that's a nice little um, feather in our cap. And you can have a listen if you so if you want to recap Ipswich's thumping victory on <laughs> Saturday. You can listen to us on Monday. Uh, we'll be live on Periscope, and we also pop it on YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. So we, we properly attack the internet with it. I'm afraid I'm just uh, the inner child has come out in me. Uh, Blue Monday listeners, why have I not been nominated for the Football Federation Club <coughs> podcast of the year? Come on, <laughs> get your shit together, get us on there. Um, what's your vintage then, um, Andy? If the if the website's sort of 19 years old, can you um, can you tell us a bit when you when you fell in love with it, when you became a whole fan, sort of first game and some of the names that us Ipswich fans might, um, you know, kind of have remembered from that time. 
Um, well, I mean, I've been a City fan my whole life. I'm 36, so that's that's a decent sentence I've already served. Um, however, um, I think like so many things, you, you get talking to someone on the terraces at Boothbury Park is where we were. We've said the latest Hull City fanzine had just ceased production. Should we do our own? And although myself and my co-conspirator were 16 and 21 at the time, we thought we'd give it a go. And 19 years later on, we're, we're still we're still plugging away, uh, irritating the club, swearing on the internet. It's all very grown-up stuff. So um, all, all power to it, really. I think the internet's made been. I think I once read a very wise comment that the internet has been especially good for two particular industries, the pornography industry and for football fans. And it seems to have been a real uplift for both of those. And um, the long, the, the fact that you can speak immediately to hundreds, thousands of people is it, fantastic. And podcasts are, are the way forward. Apparently the pornography industry even actually drove the, development of it so um yes less said the better um what, what was your first game Andy? <laughs> uh, my first game was a 5-2 victory over leicester at boothry park in uh, november 1990 um Go- that's a horrifying the, long time ago isn't it goal scorers yeah andy payton um who i think made his name at burnley scored two peter swan who bumbled around the lower leagues with uh, city port vale and quite a few others um he scored two, and uh, Lee Perlin scored a penalty. It was my first my first ever game on a Friday night, and um, we beat Ipswich five two. Uh, sorry, we beat Leicester five two, <laughs> and it t- turned out that five five two victories were was certainly not the norm in the nineteen nineties. No, um, when did uh, it, as soon as you said Boothry Park, it just brought up images because like um, I I never went there, but I always remember playing Championship Manager, and they'd always put the picture of the picture of the ground up and I always remember Hull having Mark Hately one on one championship manager and obviously <laughs> Mark Hately lasted about three weeks or something didn't he but they, they got it completely wrong on the football manager as it is now and if you if you got Hull and Mark Hately he'd score about a million goals but wait, anyway when did you when, when did Boothry Park um, disappear? Um, Boothry Park had its final match in December 2002 so it's been it's, it's been quite a while, and I, don't, I think the last time Ipswich were there was uh, 1990. Um, I think it was actually the game before my first game was Ipswich, and it was a, th- a three-all draw at Boothbury Park. So it's been a while since since the old place went. Now it, it, it's it's scary to think, but um, if it's been down 15 years, there's absolutely no one now who was a child, still a child, who will remember going there, and that makes me feel depressingly old. Do, do you miss it? I miss it intensely, yeah, I've got to say. Um, I know it sounds like a typical football fan thing to say and to moan about everything and always suppose that everything was better in the olden days. And I know that's not true. A lot of the olden days, football was, was rubbish and the stadiums were bleak. And if you've ever been to the away end at York and tried to needed a pee, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about in terms of grim facilities that you could sometimes get. But there is still something missing on a Saturday afternoon that I don't think is ever going to come back because... We're in a shiny all-seater stadium as opposed to uh, a, a de- decaying but much-loved Boothbury Park. Absolutely. Um, what we normally do is we, we go back to the previous season and go through the games. But obviously, you guys were swanning it up in the Premier League um, last year. So 
Our last memory is a, a very nicely organised Hull team under Steve Bruce winning at Portman Row with a nice little dink goal from Diame. Um, can you tell me a bit about the promotion that season? Because it struck me as... Um, uh, shoot me down if I got this wrong. It struck me as that you, you were never amazing that season and I think you had a good manager and some good players and you just kind of... Um, I don't know, it was unspectacular if a promotion can can be so am i am i right about that yeah there's, there's a lot in that um steve bruce had managed to keep a lot of the players that we had in the premier league he'd managed to keep a lot of them together so the likes of um robert snodgrass sam Lucas, jake livermore the army the goal scorer hernandez th- those are all proper premier league players and if you've got a core of if you've got a mix of good championship players which we had and then some proper, authentic Premier League quality players, then you're going to win a lot of games, and you're going to grind a lot out as well. I know that the, the, the match you're referring to when Diami scored early in the second half, it was a bit of a grind of a, of, a, of, a, of a win, I'm sure. It's not an evening that any of you guys have fond memories of, because in a way, it was just a case of doing a job, and um, that, that's all it really was. And that's what a lot of the season felt like that. We we were notionally in with a, a title challenge until around about February, around about the time of that game, actually. Um, and then we just fell away pretty alarmingly at the end of the season. As, as Steve Bruce teams often strangely seemed to do, we never kicked on. We would often be just clinging on to whatever it was we were trying to do by the end of the season. But it wasn't a spectacular promotion. And a lot of that was down to the fact that we've had so many off-field issues in the last few years that it, it, it detracts from the football and it, it, it sullies it to a certain extent. We very rarely sold out the stadium, even though it was a promotion season. We didn't take our full ticket allocation for the playoff final at Wembley because there was so much discord about uh, about the club, which has only got worse since. So it was, it was a funny kind of season and I think that evening typified it really. It was a bit of a, a bit of a slog which the championship with its 46 games always is. But that, that match was just typical of it. We, we, we got there, we didn't play terribly well, we scored a nice goal and we had about enough about us to, to hold it out. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. So you, you, I, I agree on a number of levels. Is that if you look at the teams that do go up normally, you know, you know, Brighton and Newcastle, they they didn't blow anyone away. Burnley did the same thing, just notched it out. And and that game as well. It's a Tuesday night. You got a team with strong players, strong manager. Sit there, wait for the moment of quality. And what I do remember is, as soon as you scored, it was like, well, that's that's that for the night, isn't it? You know, they're gonna they're gonna retreat a little bit we're not going to get through we might as well might as well all save half hour and you know go, go home and have a bath or something but um we'll, we'll come on to Mr. Alam in a minute um but how how was the Premier League was it because we, we have this discussion a lot um obviously Ipswich are in the purgatory of their 16th year in the championship we talked to Sheffield United fan a couple of weeks ago and he was having a lovely old time they'd you know They'd been down, they'd won some FA Cup games, had a couple of managers, scored 100 points, come up. Um, is, is, firstly, is the Premier League actually any fun? Um, secondly, can you tell us a bit about Silva, the manager, and then perhaps transition um, uh, onto your wonderful owner? <laughs> well, I could be talking about our owner until well after full time tomorrow because <laughs> we, it's, fair, it's, fair, it's fair to say the fans and the owner don't 
see eye to eye on anything. Um, as for the Premier League, I th- am I right in thinking Ipswich are the team with the longest consecutive championship place now, is it? Yes. Has anyone else been in it for longer? Yeah. No, yeah. Um, so I actually tweeted a... I looked on it was transfer marked that that website they have an eternal championship table and I kind of clicked on it knowing exactly what was going to happen <laughs> so Ipswich are obviously top they have the most games the most wins the most defeats and the most points um yeah it's just just a marvel in mediocrity of, you know managing to accumulate that many games and points and that many defeats and not go up and not go down but it, We've talked about it a lot. Whether the Sheffield United way would be, you know, just a bit more fun. Um, go go down, win some games, fill the stadium back up, or what have you. But um, you, you went the other way. Yeah, well, I mean, I think since Ipswich um, last um, were in the Premier League, we've had six promotions and three relegations. So it's all been happening, and I think that probably is a better way to do it. Um, I'm sorry if that sounds ever so slightly no. smug, no, 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 um, but I'm, it's. I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite fascinated to to hear. I, I think a lot of Ipswich fans would agree. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, I guess as a football fan, you, you always want the end of the season to matter as well. There's nothing better than the, the 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 feeling of anticipation you get in late April when you go into a match and you know that an awful lot rides on it. If you've got an end of season dead rubber, you may very well go and you may enjoy whatever happens, but. You just don't have that feeling of it of it mattering, and for whatever reason, for the last um, ten fifteen years, it's always seemed to matter for us at the end of the season. But it's funny, you know, when we got promoted to the Premier League for the first time in our entire history, because we previously spent one hundred and four years carefully avoiding the top division, and um, when we finally made it. It, it, it was mind-blowingly exciting. And the first season up there when we stayed up, beat Arsenal, uh, drew with Liverpool, etc., etc., th- these are all incredible things. But I think there's definitely a sensation, um, certainly as we've got promoted back up there a couple of times, that sometimes the journey is more fun than the actual destination itself because the Premier League is extremely predictable and you know you're going to lose more games than you win by a hefty margin. And if, you, if you're newly promoted into it, you're probably only really playing for about sixth bottom at, at, at best. So it, it can be. It's not as much. It's not. It's not what it looks like on Sky Sports. It's fair to say you, you've got to have steepling ticket prices, although they have improved slightly. You've also got um, quiet, soulless stadia. And in an air of you almost being just an inconvenience and making up the numbers, whereas in the championship with City and Ipswich, both reasonable sized clubs, we matter in the championship. We don't matter in the Premier League. Yeah, that's depressing, isn't it? Um, we, we, we always call it the kind of West Brom thing. You know, it's, I, I know maybe Ipswich are the West Brom of the, of the championship now, but it's that kind of just, OK, we're going to win 10 games, lose... 17 draw 11 <laughs> survive I, I i know those points wouldn't equal survival but you know you know what i'm saying don't you it's just kind of just kind of a bit nothingness it, look, looking back at it the way we did it the four seasons in the in the playoffs go up finish fifth get relegated straight out a nice little kind of six-year period obviously it's been followed by 16 years of i don't know we're in the playoffs for the first few years but 
That's, I, I think if you said to people, look, you'll have one good season and then get relegated, uh, they'd probably enjoy that again more than um, kind of hovering there in the middle. But what about um, Marco Silva then? Because that must have been uh, a nice kind of fun thing to have the, I mean, where you think he's going to go after, after this season because Watford are doing ever so well as well. What about him? It's it's a funny one. He, his stock in English football since he arrived at City has risen stratospherically, and I see now that Everton are making some serious attempts to um, get his services. And it, it's it's quite remarkable, really, for someone that Paul Merson so dunderheadedly said, um, "What what's who is this guy? What's he doing here?" And now he's 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 possibly going to be taking on one of the biggest clubs in England. I just, I, I, there's still a part of me that thinks he probably could have kept us up last season because although when Mike Phelan, when the hospital pass that he'd been given by the owners was eventually withdrawn from him, we were a long way off safety um, when Marco Silva came in. Yet he actually got us out of the relegation zone by a couple of points. And there was one afternoon whereby if we'd beaten Sunderland, who were already doomed, we'd have gone five clear of Swansea and we messed it up. And there's a part of me that still thinks that even though Silva did brilliantly to even give us a chance of staying up, given everything that was going on at the club. I just wonder, I'm always going to wonder if he maybe should have just seen the job through and kept us up. Yeah, sure. Um, so you've mentioned it a few times, and obviously Ipswich fans have their own issues with their owner. So what's what's actually going along with this Alam chap? So he, he is actually, um, he's from Hull, yes. He's not, he's not a... Um, I know he has a foreign-sounding name, but he's not a kind of detached owner. What's what's the deal here? Because obviously you said 104 years outside. There's a new stadium. Um, so what's what's gone wrong here? Well, um, the Alam family, um, he is from Egypt, but he's been in Hull for something like 45 years. So I, I don't think he would ever count him as a foreign owner. And there's nothing wrong inherently wrong with foreign owners anyway. If they do a good job, then they do a good job there's plenty of rubbish um homegrown owners uh, as blackpool fans will probably testify to so um he it all started with uh, the name change which um was such an incredibly divisive issue and so unnecessary he, he wanted to call us whole tigers so and you only need to say what's your view on that then it's well i think you only really need to say it out loud to realize just how utterly ridiculous it is it's our nickname is the Tigers, and we quite like it as well. It's a good, bold kind of nickname, and we're playing a fairly unique um, kit colour combination. So everyone's all very happy with that. We are Hull City AFC, nicknamed the Tigers. It's all good. But Mr. Allen um, had read and misunderstood um, something in a obscure American university publication which said that the shorter the name, the better it is for marketing. So he thought he would shorten the name from Hull City to Hull Tigers. Obviously, that actually increases the length of the name by two letters. But this was all very much, um, very much by the by. He, he, he never Isn't was the best one for the sports team, New England Patriots, as well. Well, exactly, <laughs> and yeah, I, I think it's more to, do, I think it's more to do with your ability to be good at sport than what you're called <laughs> that, 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 that that matters. But yeah, Mr. Alam had got it in his mind. And he, he has a long-running vendetta with Hull City Council. And he and I, I'm not making this up. I know it sounds absurd, but he he invited a group of supporters' um, representatives to a meeting 
uh, November 2013, and he said that whenever people see Hull City doing well, they think Hull City Council. And I don't really think that people automatically associate a municipal authority with a football club. I think most people understand that they're two very different things. But he, he just got the whole thing so hopelessly confused. And instead of taking advice on the issue and perhaps shelving it or even trying to get his whole Tigers idea through in a more conciliatory manner, he said that the fans were all militants, hooligans who can die when they want. Oh my God. And as you can perhaps imagine, this rather inflamed things. And there's, there's been a level of kind of cold war between the fans and the owners ever since, which has just started to heat up in the last few months since the second summer in a row, whereby we were sent into a new season without a proper squad of players. And the fact that they've also removed child concessions um, from the stadium. So now um, if you are if you want to take your seven-year-old lad, get him into football, you have to pay a full adult price. If you're a 70-year-old who's been going to watch the team their whole life, retired now, you'd think he's he's done his bit. But no, full price for them as well. Disabled concessions, likewise. So there's, Can I just um, play devil's advocate really quickly, Andrew? Mm. I think it's 12 quid for Ipswich fans tomorrow, which... Is actually really good, but obviously that's not your bread and butter um, supporters. <laughs> no, attract every week. I just want to throw it in. No, well, it, it's and that, and that it, if anything, it, it reinforces what we all think that um, away supporters get treated a damn sight better in Hull than home supporters. There was the, the Premier League used to give out some money. Uh, I think it was the, the away supporters initiative, and they gave that money to each Premier League club to spend on that club's fans when they go away. So, you know, like for example, you give Hull City £200,000, you think you might subsidise some tr- rail travel or some coaches or something like that. And instead, they spent it all on the away end in our own stadium so that <laughs> just so that our fans wouldn't benefit from it. So you probably will get looked after beautifully tomorrow, um, whereas our, our, our kids, um, no concessions for ours. Um, so is it kind of up for sale? Does he want in? Does he want out? Is he hanging around? It, the club is notionally up for sale, and there's been one or two interested parties, particularly when we were in the Premier League. Um, but they're not they're not great people to do business with, unfortunately. The goalposts keep moving, and meetings aren't properly um, attended. And I just I've no idea if they want to sell it or not, because at the moment there's obviously the Premier League parachute payments flooding in, so the club is still making an awful lot of money. Um, when that changes, who knows? But they're not. If they're trying to sell it, they're doing a really crap job of it. Yeah, and with the parachute payments, I, I, you talk about the goalpost moving. This changes all the time. But am I right in saying that because you were only up for one season and you were previously on parachute payments, do you only get one year or is it two years? I think we've got two years. So this will be our first year. And then it'll taper off slightly next season, and then that's it. Oh, that's it, yeah, because um, Norwich, yeah, we, we, we carefully watch Norwich's parachute payments, <laughs> and there's there's run out at the at the end of this year, yeah. Um, okay, it's uh, it's just strikingly similar. We've obviously, we've played Bolton already, and we've played Sunderland, and you just hear these kind of horror, these Premier League linked, and that's, that's always the, um, the common denominator. It's always teams that have been in the Premier League, and you know, kind of strange ownership things. But 
There you go. Um, so you already alluded to it about the squad in the new season. So Silva disappears to Watford. Out go Klukas, Maguire, Robertson, Jakubovic, Huddleston, Elmahamedy, Davis. In comes Leonid Slutsky, along with some young Premier League players and some free transfers. Um, what was your feeling going into the first week of the yeah, season? Yeah, I think you can already see just just from saying it and how that wasn't going to work. There's still some good players in there, but we sold so many. And it's, the, the, the frustrating thing is so many of them were not even sold for any real need. For example, Tom Huddleston, £2.5 million. That was yeah, only because... And, and you were talking about your promotion before being predicated on just keeping these real solid 30-year-old players who just get you through. And you're like, they're him and Davis to, to uh, both to Derby, wasn't it? And it's like, doesn't make any sense to me at all. No, it, it, it's, it's ludicrous, but they are, they um, they had release clauses in their contracts for oh, okay. a very small, a low sum of money. But it's not even that it's not that the release clause was activated. It's that the players thought it was better to just get out. And Curtis Davis himself, when he joined Derby, said, "I just didn't want another summer of that mess." And I totally don't blame them. That they're they're players the other side of thirty. They've got one on. They've got maybe you know handful of seasons left and maybe one move maximum and one more shot at getting back into the Premier League and it was obvious that Derby were a better shot at getting back into the Premier League than us so I don't, I don't blame the players at all I blame the fact that Tom Huddleston has said he left because we didn't offer him a new contract his contract runs out this coming summer next next year but the club just didn't show enough interest in trying to keep him so he feels unwanted needless to say he goes and joins a club that do want him What about um, Slutsky then? Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Oh, Leonard Slutsky, bless him. He, he seems like a real earnest, likeable guy. He who does, doesn't he? Who's desperate yeah. to do his best, yeah. The problem is he's like Mike Phelan. 
exactly a year ago. He's got his hands tied behind his back by by the owners because the squad just it just isn't good enough. It's it's okay and it should be better than twentieth in the division, but it's nowhere near good enough and deep enough to sustain a serious promotion push. You, like you say, you've got free transfers and learnees, and that's all. That's okay and. There's nothing more exciting than a good Premier League learnee coming to your club and lighting the place up for a few months. And I'm sure oh. you've had a few oh, down yes. the years. Yeah. All our, yeah. Well, Fraser from Bournemouth, Lawrence last season, and Selena have been our pretty much our best players for the past three seasons. So yeah, it's a good way to go, isn't it? If you if you want just a little bit of a pep to your team, then go get a great Premier League learnee, and it can make a, a, a difference. The difference is you don't build your team by doing that, or you shouldn't. You should you should have your core of a squad that you then look to think, where can we just get this little bit of extra class? Oh, I know, we'll go see what Chelsea have got for us. You've got Chelsea, of it, haven't you? Well, yeah, yes, it feels like it's our entire team, but yeah, we've got... Um, and, you know, they're all right, but we're trying to build a squad of players of that nature, and it... it it don't work, as, as you can see by the league table. It don't work, and Slutsky, for all that he's a, a, clearly a good bloke with a strong coaching pedigree, he's not always helping himself either. Really, some of his team selections are odd, and his tactics are odd. And I know that armchair supporters um, always say that kind of thing, and we always try and be smug and clever and wise after the event. But sometimes we're being clever before the event as well and, and we, we can't quite work out what he's thinking so but ultimately the fact that we're in a relegation battle which our, our club captain has now admitted we are um is not really the manager's fault it's the owners just positively though what about this uh, polish fella he again can you tell her I sort of take a sigh before I start talking about everything to do with City? Obviously, it's... from a from an Ipswich fan's point of view, I just see his highlight reel on t- on TV, and um, Ipswich tweeted out David McGoldrick's um, goals from um, like August and September, and I watched the tweet, and obviously they've edited out all the misplaced passes, misplaced controls, <laughs> which isn't that, isn't that many, but still a mix. And I watched that, and I'm like. My God, he looks like he's worth about twenty million based on that video. So maybe I just see the the bits under. I, I do distinctly remember him completely taking someone apart and getting like four assists in one game or something. Though is that right? Yeah, he he. I think it was Burton. Sorry, can um, you just he name had... him for our supporters? <laughs> yeah, he's Kamil Grzycki, um Polish Polish winger, and he's a very very good player. Even in the Premier League, he he clearly held his own. And that's part of the issue, really. He's, he's 29 and he's moved over to this country to play in the Premier League. And he's got very limited interest in the championship and the grind and the slog and the the lack of glamour that uh, he um, associates with, with the second tier. And if I'm being completely honest, he can't be asked all the time. He, his attitude Every is Ipswich really is poor. Uttering the words for needy George as you're speaking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, for needy George. There's, there's someone banished to the, uh, the, the, the outer recesses of the memory. <laughs> it's, I, yeah, they, they, there you go. He, if, if he can be bothered, if, if he turns up against Ipswich and really, really wants to play, then it's going to take an awful lot of stopping. Which, and which it might not play, Andy? He can actually go either wing, but he'll tend to he'll tend to sulk around on the left more than the right. Okay. And that that's his problem, really. I know he's he's, he's playing with players who are as good as him, and 
but he's 29 and you want him to sort of help the younger players and yeah, encourage them. Right. We've got a 17-year-old left-back at the moment because we've got no one else. And he's a, he's a fine prospect. He's from Hull, uh, desperate to play for City. Um, he's living the dream to some extent. And then he's got uh, Grisicki in front of him, finger-wagging and not making runs and certainly not doing anything as horrendous as tracking back and helping out. And um, it's a funny one. If he turns up... Um, is that good that you might actually enjoy him <laughs> playing well? Yeah, quite, yeah. But um, but who knows? He, he's, I think he's just counting down the minutes to January now when he can escape the the nightmarish hell that is the second division. <laughs> um, right. So the season actually starts quite well, winning a draw from the first two games, and then a horrible run of one win in eight, then a spurt of seven points in three games, and you nearly beat Norwich as well at um, at Carrow Road. Three defeats on the trot. Um, Talk to me about one about the Slutsky style, if there is one. Standout players, and also, how the hell have you managed to lose eight times and simultaneously win four-one, four-nil, and six-one? That that makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> I think it's every time we play someone beginning with B at home, we just slam them for half a dozen goals. It seems. Oh, good. Um, so we've yeah. <laughs> um, it's been a funny one. Sometimes we've looked brilliant and we've looked like the sort of team that could conceivably, with a good January transfer window, get close to sixth. And then other times we just look like relegation filth. Um, I don't know what Slutsky's style of play is, which concerns me because I understand that he didn't have enough time to work with his hastily assembled squad. But it's, you know, the clocks have gone back. It's November, it's freezing. Um, you're going to hit it in Hull. It's absolutely perishing here at the moment. <laughs> um, it's I don't know <clears throat> what he's trying to do, to be quite honest. And I'm not sure he does. I'm not sure his players do. So it all looks just a little bit bewildering and fragmented on on the pitch. Sometimes when the good players click, it looks great. And we we have, as you say, had some, some enjoyable afternoons with um, Pommel, Burton and Birmingham 6-1. So... The, there's, there's, there's the ability to do well in there, but you look at the last few results and they've just been absolute horrors. We've we lost by a single goal to uh, Forest, but to be honest, we were nowhere near them. Um, Middlesbrough did a hell of a job on us, and then to lose four one at Sheffield United, who we don't get on terribly well with, was just but ghastly. Andy, Andy, they're good though; they're properly. But you, you, talk, you talk about we we have this a bit at Ipswich as well, where it's. November and we don't quite know what the best system is or which mm. players we're using. And you go to Sheffield United and I did a did a show like this and he told me exactly what system they were going to play, exactly who was going to play, how they were going to play and <laughs> showed up to the game and they did exactly as he said and beat us <laughs> 1-0 and I'm like this this isn't that complicated is it? You train your players and get them to do the same thing every week and lo and behold they get good at it. <laughs> Well, yeah, no, you know, this is not rocket science, is it? They, the, I mean, Sheffield United have got some decent players, but a couple of good midfielders not. and some brave centre halves, but they've not got as good a players as Hull. No, but they, they they work fearlessly hard and then they never stop. And but we were one 0 up there at half time, and of course everyone's thinking this is the this is the result that could get our season going. Beat the top team, beat Sheffield United, who we can't stand. It's all it's all looking good, and then you ship four goals in the second half, and it's what what worries me is how the, the lack of resilience in the side. Yeah. I don't know if you saw our televised game at Derby, um, but we fell behind early, 
okay, it happens. We've got a penalty and missed a penalty. And the next thing you know, Derby have scored four goals and four more goals in the next 25 minutes. And there's, there's, there's a, there's a real yellow streak running through cricket, us. Isn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's England of the 1990s with your butchers and your Ramprakashis and all the other brittle <laughs> middle order of players. You know, I mean, I, I, I think we make Graham Hick look mentally strong. Uh, it's, it's, it, it infuriates me, but it's again, it's it's not the players' fault. It's not the manager's fault. There's there's, there's a bigger problem, but of course we've got to deal with what we've got. And the fear is, if Ipswich have got any anything about them, they'll go for us early on tomorrow. Because if you score first, then we've probably had it. Hmm, interesting. Um, so let's look ahead to Saturday then. I'm just I'm just trying to process that because obviously you know who our manager is, and it's not like we're going to come out and you know, try and attack, attack, attack. But this season's been a little bit different in that we've actually got some good attacking goal-scoring players. So that may be the case. Um, so can you roughly sort of run us through the 11 that you expect or as close as? And if you are going to beat us, who's going to be, um, who's going to do it for you? Who are your standout players? It's probably Grisicke. He, he He's the match winner. He's the one who can... Turn any club, any 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 side over on his own. If he if he if he fancies it. Other than that, I'm struggling really. We we just look so leaden and one paced, and you can never really see yourself winning, can you? When you've just lost the last three, you always immediately assume that it's going to be about half a dozen years before your next one. Not even if you're a playing single at home game. to Ipswich. Well, we've got a freakishly good record against you recently, so even that worries me. Um, I mean. Typical City is a one-word statement up in Hull because of our ability to hand, or not hand, but our, our ability to give a bit of assistance to anyone who needs it. I think we've, I think we've not lost to you in Nan, so there you go. That's inevitably coming to an end, isn't I it? I think it was, was it the, there was a big five-two, wasn't there, where Emmanuel Thomas and um, I think Jeff has scored as well. Incredibly, I don't, yeah, I don't think there's been anything, <laughs> anything since then. But so, how do how do you see it playing out then? If you score first, we've had it. Um, so if if if, um, if your manager's feeling brave and he fancies a little roll of the dice, I think you're only two points off the playoffs, aren't you? So this 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 is a winnable game. It might not have looked the easiest game at the start of the season, but we're twentieth for a reason. And if you get among us, then because there's so much um, antipathy in in the crowd. It'll, the atmosphere will quickly turn sour if you if you score first, no doubt about it. So that's that's definitely how I would play it from an Ipswich point of view. Because even if you fall behind to us, I won't worry too much about it. We're, we'll just get a corner, swing it in, and you'll, you'll score. So um, it's that that's just how I guess we all feel at the moment. But I don't know how it's going to play out, and I couldn't even guess at the starting eleven with any great confidence um, because. He chops and changes, and Slutsky has got a habit, which I really dislike, of making regular half-time substitutions, which always suggests to me he's not quite sure of what he's doing, and he doesn't have much confidence in his plan A, and he's sort of fumbling around for for, for the silver bullet when there just is no silver bullet. He's just got a, a collection of mid-table quality players, and shuffling around incessantly is probably doing more harm than at least giving them half a dozen successive 90 minutes so yeah. I don't know what team we'll play I don't, I don't know how we'll approach it I don't know what kind of mood we'll be in we've just had two weeks off but then again we've done 
everyone has, and that comes on the back of three defeats. And then I think you won your who's hoodies ten of the last was it um, Preston? Yeah, Preston. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's, that's a handy win because they've they've had a good season and they they did us here. So oh bless them, they had no defenders. They had like eight injured defenders, and we just kind of ground them ground them down in the end. Um, but yeah, um, some positivity I think then for for Ipswich fans sounds like possibly a good time to be to be playing um, at Hull and. I mean, the the fatalistic part of me thinks Ipswich have had no draws and Hull, whatever you say, it seems to be very high scoring and exciting. So that normally, you know, goes to a nil-nil <laughs> draw, doesn't it? But um, if Waghorn and McGoldrick and Selina and um, Grzycki all sort of play um, and, like you say, there's a goal in the first 20 minutes, it could be quite a fun game right let's go to some um listeners questions this is at mr history v hull have been a bit of a yo-yo team of late is that more exciting than our current run in the championship or should we be more positive about our albeit crap consistency um yeah i think we touched on it earlier didn't we it's probably better to just yo-yo around and never be quite sure where you're going to be in two or three years from now um we couldn't usually be in division four or whatever it is now in in a couple of years Equally, we might get new owners and a new chairman and be back in the Premier League. So, who knows? It's, it's better to bobble around, I think, because there's, there's only really six properly established permanent Premier League clubs anywhere. The rest of them can all take a tumble at any point. So, just just enjoy going up and down, I think. We we were in, we were in this division when I started going to say, then we spent eight years in the bottom division. And let me tell you, the championship, 16 years in the championship's got nothing on that. <laughs> when when you're getting your uh, your asses handed to you by Kidderminster and Macclesfield like and Mansfield, years, isn't it? So a year in the championship <laughs> is equivalent to three in the in the um, in the fourth division. Um, Nathan says, where does he think Hull will finish? Mm, I almost said we're too good to go down, and then I just said it, didn't I? No, so you, I don't you were kind of quoting, yeah. quoting your your mind. Not that's right. Yes, yeah. I was. That's exactly <laughs> what I was doing. Yes, um, I above or below Burton because um, they'll finish. Is one that above, really what they'll finish one above the <laughs> the bottom three, won't they? Is one above Burton what it's come to? Yeah, that's bad. Isn't fine, it? We'll, we'll, fine, we'll we'll stick that's with what, one hey, above Burton. That's what we were aiming for four weeks before the end of last season. So um, Tim says. Uh, scared question mark were the good times worth it uh, yeah because um, I got to I got, I got to take my lad to a cup final which I never thought I'd do I got to uh, I got to sit in um, the, the, the town square in Jelena in Slovakia before our very first ever European fixture and yeah that was worth it it was worth um, we went to Arsenal back when Arsenal were any good and beaten two one. Were you the first team um, to win there? At theirs. We yeah we were uh, this. I mean Arsenal would have on top if they'd beaten us because it was a Saturday evening fixture and they were you know before they entered the sort of decade long malaise that they're in now. But they were they were a hell of a side then and they, they went one nil up in the second half and we just thought oh, well one nil is quite good and then seven minutes later it was two one to us and it was just one of the most weird lung bustingly brilliant things that I've ever seen so <laughs> you know that 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 sort of things like that and uh, I think like, you guys played Inter Milan was it Inter Milan or AC Milan uh, Inter Inter that's right yeah um 
because a friend of mine's both an Ipswich and a City fan, rather unusually, and, and he went to he, he went to Milan to watch yeah, it. Yeah, I, I was you there. Know, things I like think that. Half of Ipswich was there actually. They're like, this is never going to happen <laughs> again. So let's let's get on the plane. Yeah, that's it. So you know, when when it's when you when you Tuesday night and you're three 0 down away to Millwall or someone like that, you just got to uh, remember that it was good once, and yeah. It, it, it was all good. I mean, even last season we drew at Old Trafford, um, our first our first non-defeat at Old Trafford in eighty-five years. So, um, all all good stuff. So you just got to roll with that. Aren't you? Um, Mrs. Nutt says, "Can Slutsky save Hull like he saved that cat from the tree, which ruined his career through injury?" What, what, I, I've got no idea what she's talking about. So, sorry, say that one again. I, I lost you. Can Slutsky save Hull like he saved that cat from the tree which ruined his career for injury? Did that actually happen? <laughs> that that is a thing that happened. Oh, I think knowledge, he was a, Mrs. That that's that's forensic, yeah. Um a tip of the hat for that. Um yeah. I, I only half know the story, so if this turns out to be embarrassingly wrong, then it doesn't matter. Um, then well is <laughs> yeah. I I think the story goes that he, he was a promising young footballer in Russia. And he was trying to rescue a cat from a tree in either his late teens or his early 20s. Fell out, broke his leg in such a way that he never played again. And therefore turned to coaching and management at a prodigiously young age, you know, sort of Brian Clough kind of uh, mid-20s age. So um, that's the story. He never made it as a player and decided to make it as a manager. And he's managed the Russian national team. So I guess he has indeed made it. And he's going to cat heaven, if you believe in such things. Um, uh, this, this, this is the fault of um, uh, James, who's the wrestling fan a couple of weeks ago. What, who's your favourite wrestler? Jerry the King Lawler, I think, because he was um, he was he also made the best colour commenter. <laughs> God, there's some knowledge, isn't there? Um, what what's your favourite <laughs> cheese? Sorry about these. I've got to ask him because Paul, who's a friend of the show. I saw that last night and uh, answered it with a very pretentious halloumi. No, I'm, no, no. I'm, that's, I'm, 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 I've got your back. That's that is the best cheese. I have um, I have halloumi kebab quite um, regularly, so I'm totally down with that. Um, favorite Hull player since you've been watching? Um, it is. In fact, he's he, he, he is a byword for excellence in our house. It's uh, Justin Whittle, who we signed in 1999 when we were six points adrift at the bottom of um, the bottom division and we were, we were thinking that um, for the first time in our history we were going to become a non-league club and we signed a group of players Justin Whittle Jason Whitney who's the manager sorry, John Whitney uh, Warren Joyce who was a player we signed in 96 and back in the days when player managers were still a thing yes he became he became player manager you don't get them anymore but no. um, he became became player manager signed we had some decent players, but they were all just soft as hell. And he just signed a lot of his meathead friends, and we sort of bullied and um, kicked and scrapped and hacked our way to the heady heights of second bottom in the bottom division to stay up. Amazing. So Justin Whittle, Justin Whittle was the was the leader of those. He'd been in the army, um, been at Celtic and Stoke, and he still lives in the area. Now he's settled down after he'd retired. And still goes to watch City, so he's a hero with few equals in my eyes. See, this is the great thing when we do when we do these favourite players, because if you ask the the Premier League clubs, you get a lot of kind of, but yeah, okay, Paul Scholes, they you know there you go, or Sergio Aguero, but we get Justin Whittles here, which is great. Um, sorry, there's just a couple <laughs> of names I'm really interested to 
ask about. I'm very interested in the cult of the imbecile manager because um, you sound like quite an intelligent chap. Obviously, footballers are very talented men, but maybe operate on a more simplistic intellectual level and need simple instructions. And I'm fascinated about people like Ian Holloway and Graham Westley and... Oh, God, there's... There's loads of them. Can you just tell me, how is Phil Brown a, f- a football manager? He comes across as a massive ignoramus. He's quite... He's, I, I totally understand when people start um, lambasting Phil Brown because he's easy to take the piss out of. He, he turned up on Soccer AM or Soccer Sunday or one of the Sky programmes with soccer in its name um, with a pink jumper draped around him. And he had the... His skin is not that natural colour. It can't be because you know that's you know that that's the sort of thing that same colour as Jerry the King Lawless, yeah, 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 yeah. Very true. <laughs> N- nicely seed. Um yeah. That and the flamboyancy and the singing karaoke at full time when we stayed up and the half the the half time team talk on the pitch. I get why he's a figure of fun, but he was Allardyce's number two when Allardyce took Bolton into Europe. And they had all these novel uh, and innovative ideas at the time, which paid off dividends because Bolton in Europe is a hell of an achievement. And he took City, kept City up because we were we were in the relegation zone when he became the manager in the championship. You guys helpfully um, sorted leads out for us on the penultimate day to keep us up. And then the very next season, he took us from 20th to 3rd. So... There's something going on there that can't, that can't just be all about bluster. And he's yeah. now doing an all right job with South End as well. He had, he had a few failures after he left um, Hull City, but he's doing an all right job. And he's been there a few years. It just, it just fascinates me because we, um, we went to QPR and they, they beat us and they, they played pretty well. And, and you hear Holloway talk and you hear Phil Brown talk and you're like, this man is in charge of other, other humans and has to, <laughs> has to tell them what to do and then they do it. I don't... I don't get it. Anyway, um, sorry, one more, one more name just to quickly mention. I remember when I was younger and I was just getting into football, there was this goal of the month thing and a guy called Dwayne Darby scored four goals in, in one game and it's always been my memory of Hull is Dwayne Darby. Was it four or was it five? It was remarkably enough six. He scored six in one it, game? He scored, yeah, it was, was, a, it was an ethic. Frank Bunn? I can't remember. It's not a record, I don't think. Um, it, it's obviously our club record for goals in a game because six goals usually takes us a couple of months, not not a single evening. Yeah, and David Nugent um, will probably score seven against Ipswich later in the month. <laughs> Darby, anyway. <laughs> yeah, we. It was, I think, well, 1996 it was, and we'd drawn nil nil away to Whitby Town in the FA Cup. Took him back to Boothry Park for a replay. Uh, we're 4 3 down in injury time. And he scored the fourth goal of the night, and I think his third um, in injury time. And it was a, it was the volley I think you're talking about that was nominated for goal of the month. Right. And yeah, that that took it four. And of course, Whitby were part timers, so we stuck another four past them in extra time, and it was eight four. <laughs> and Darby got Darby got two match balls at the end. Eight four. That is Joe Royalesque. Um, Andy, this has <laughs> been absolutely wonderful, and it sounds like your young daughter has been very very well behaved in in the background and just slept. Bless for her. <laughs> slip for the whole thing um thank you so much for doing this can you just plug your twitter if our listeners want to say thank you and where the content's going to be after the uh, game yeah please if you if you, if you want to come and uh, gloat tomorrow afternoon then you can find us at amber nectar hull 
is our is our Twitter handle, and we'll be we'll be tweeting in in varying stages of exasperation throughout the game tomorrow. Lovely stuff. Um, quick plug here: if you've got to the end of this, you're probably already a subscriber to the Blue Monday podcast. We have three shows per week: the flagship show on Monday, this week in ITFC history with David Statman on Wednesday, and this the preview show on Friday. This preview show only survives due to the cooperation of wonderful people giving up their time like Andy so please go and send him a tweet and say thank you and give at Amber Nectar Hull a follow you can follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at Bloom Monday ITFC I am on Twitter at Benjamin Bloom and you can see my YouTube reviews of Ipswich Games um, if you just type Benjamin Bloom into Twitter you will find them there you can buy a t-shirt at Blue Monday ITFC and obviously if you subscribed through the Apple Podcast method go and give us a five star review and a nice comment and give us a actual follow on the Acast app that would be wonderful I'm all plugged out um, Andy would you like to have the last word yeah go easy on us tomorrow because we've had a real bad year of it <laughs> <laughs> amazing um, Andy thank you um, so much uh, we're 50 minutes in and it's been absolutely brilliant um, enjoy the game tomorrow safe travels to all the um, Ipswich fans and good luck to Hull for the, we always say this good luck for the rest of the season from Sunday and then not including the other game against it. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.